One book that's commonly cited or quoted in Christian mysticism and contemplative literature is St. John of the Cross, Dark Night of the Soul. And even in some blogs and, and even some other writings I've, I've come across, sometimes they will conflate depression with dark night of the soul and and certainly depression looks very dark and and it seems to be a nice way of describing depression but but dark night of the soul is is much deeper than that it is actually a call to let go of what you had learned from maybe some spirituality of your youth and it really is a spiritual engagement and it's and it's a call of letting go of the safe confines that you might have grown up with in terms of your spirituality and it really is a matter of letting a lot of things go and the so it, it's a very deep book and, and in some cases it might be dark and sometimes it, it, and and it's not even like God will take you out of your daily life and suddenly have you draw into a dark night of the soul that's certainly not what happens it really is a matter of faith and a matter of going deeper so someone who isn't even spiritual um, let alone religious will probably never go deeper into this practice but I, I I find it really important for people to understand this this difference and so he talks about the the dark night being first you have this dark night of the senses and yoga traditions actually talk about withdrawal of the senses and this idea of going deeper and then the dark night of the spirit is this idea of samadhi and um it's it's similar to the cloud of the unknowing it's really getting rid of any sort of attachments that might have interfered and any obstacles and and some traditions talk about desires and and um saint john of the cross will talk about having your desires be towards God, but desires look a little bit differently according to him. And I find that his book, The Ascent of Mount Carmel, is a little bit more readable than The Dark Night of the Soul. And he writes a poem called The Ascent of the Mount, and it talks about this desirelessness that you see in some Buddhist traditions as well. So it goes like this. In order to arrive at having pleasure in everything, desire to have pleasure in nothing. In order to arrive at possessing everything, desire to possess nothing. In order to arrive at being everything, desire to be nothing. In order to arrive at knowing everything, desire to know nothing. 
In order to arrive at the place where you have no pleasure, you must go by a way in which you have no pleasure. In order to arrive at what you do not know, you must go by a way that you do not know. In order to arrive at what you do not possess, you must go by a way that you do not possess. In order to arrive at what you are not, you must go through what you are not. When your mind dwells on anything, you are ceasing to cast yourself on the all. For in order to pass from the all to the all, you have to deny yourself wholly in all. And when you come to possess it wholly, you must possess it without desiring anything. For if you will have anything in having all, you do not have your treasure purely in God. In this detachment from the world, the spiritual soul finds its quiet and repose. Since it desires nothing, nothing wearies it when it is lifted up, and nothing oppresses it when it is cast down, because it is because it is in the center of its humility. So it's just a really important sort of perspective on how in sometimes striving for things, we sometimes let our egos and, and do the speaking for us rather than giving things up and allowing God to do his work. So take that idea of desirelessness and sometimes in our concerted efforts to achieve something sometimes it might arrive by desiring something different have a peaceful day